Hey everyone, welcome to this latest episode of the podcast. We've made it, 20 episodes, holy cow. For this episode, I'm bringing to you Miss Kate Porter. She was born and raised in Halifax, Nova Scotia. She is a freelance stage manager who now calls Toronto home. She graduated from Yale University in 2002 and has been a member of the Canadian Actors' Equity since 2005. As a stage manager, she now splits her time between theater and opera. It was really great to get a chance to catch up with her while she was currently on tour. And I hope you really enjoy this conversation as much as I did because we hadn't spoken in quite some time. So it was great to hear what she had going on and what she's got going on in the future. Enjoy. And... Now we are we are live. We are recording. Um, hello, this is Rich Bryant once again from the Archiving Technical Theater History Podcast, who has yet to come up with a better name for the name of the show. So suggestions are welcome. But today I am joined by uh, the, the fantastic stage manager and friend, Miss Katie Porter, who is currently in, where is she now? I'm in Edmonton. Edmonton. Canada, or but no, yeah. there's a proper name, isn't it? Isn't it like Edmonton, Ontario, Canada? Yeah, Alberta, Edmonton, Alberta. Canada. See, I've got see. As an American, we need to work on our geography. We don't know all <laughs> these territories, <laughs> but um, I'm glad to have the opportunity to catch you right now. You're in the uh, the final week of a of a of a tour, mm -hmm. um, and uh, so we're just catching you before you have to go and call the show this evening. Correct? Yeah. Okay, so if you could just kind of give us a little bit of an introduction about yourself, uh, where you are today, and what, what you're working on. Hmm. Uh, I'm a Toronto-based stage manager. Um, I used to split my time pretty equally between theater and opera uh, for a long time, um, but now I'm doing majority of opera stage management, uh, also ASMing a lot of operas, uh, still some theater. Um, I've been an equity member for oh, 15, 14 years or something, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, freelance work. Um, I try to work at home as much as possible, but I do some work on the road as well, and I'm interested in teaching, although I don't do that much of that. Uh, yeah. And, and, what, and what's the, the, the show that you're stage managing now? Right now, I'm doing a one-man play called We Are Not Alone, um, that is written by and starring Damien Atkins. Uh, and it is about UFOs. About UFOs? Yeah. I, I, I bet uh, everyone keeps getting, keep asking you the same question if you believe in UFOs. Well, that's what the play is all about. But do you believe in UFOs? Uh, well, the play would say, and I would agree, that, that that's not really a question. You can't really say, do you believe in UFOs? Because like unidentified flying objects exist because we don't, we can't identify them. Okay. Um, whether you believe in extraterrestrial life is another question. Ah, uh, I see. I'm not quite sure how I feel about <laughs> that, but obviously there are like, and this is, I'm taking this straight from the play. There are um, phenomena that we cannot explain. Mm -hmm. uh, and so he goes into a bit of the history of it. And uh, he also, visited a uh, UFO conference in the States and uh, a lot of the shows about that. It's a pretty so, neat little show. And like from my end, the 
because it's a one-man show and there's no set, uh, the lights and the sound are quite um, specific. Uh, like they're elaborate in some senses and simple in others, and uh, and they're a lot of fun. So, uh, so, so you, you, so you've watched all the X File episodes just as you know background research. Right? <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. So you you said that uh, the lights and the sounds are very specific. Um, on this tour, are you operating lights and sound, or are you just calling the show? I am operating sound and calling lights, uh, which is what I did in Toronto as well. Okay. Uh, the The director of this show is one I've worked with a fair amount, and he often prefers uh, for the stage manager to operate the sound. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I don't mind doing that. Uh, I think it would be like a slight challenge and interesting to switch to calling both. Uh, but I do think I could do it. Um, I'm certainly glad I'm not operating both. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I know that I, I, as a, as a lighting person, um, I worked for a children's theater, uh, one brief, very brief summer. And I got roped into running lights and sound and calling the show. And let's just say, I made the verbal mistake of, of I cursed really out loud and I forgot that there was no glass in the window of oh, the no. little booth I was in. Oh no. Yeah, that at a kid's show with Winnie Daddy. the Pooh. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh, it was awful. But you <laughs> don't have you don't have any of those uh, those moments, do you? Where you go No. No, you're cool under pressure. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> we the the venue we played in in Toronto was so small that the booth was was just part of the room and and we didn't have headsets so um I wasn't I was really whispering and cueing with my hand and and if if ever we got off it was hard to to speak with the technician about how to get back on track because the back row of the audience was so close it, it was hard to it was easy enough to just call the show but to have a conversation about uh, Fixing things was a bit difficult. So let me ask you this: So you 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 have had the experience of working in uh, very large spaces and very yeah. small spaces. Yeah. And I know that each provides different challenges. And um, which which do you think is a better test of your skill as a stage manager? The one where you're all kind of cramped together, and you know the audience is is right there. Or the fact that you know you're you're 50, 60 feet away, and there's you're you're calling from a booth as opposed to say off stage. Oh, that's um, that's a difficult question. They're both um, they're both challenging. I mean, uh, people who work at big companies probably think that it's easy to work at small companies on small shows because the demands of the show are so much less but uh but the thing that comes with a large company is the support structure uh mm -hmm. there's so so many systems and so much staff that uh i don't think it is any harder in in some ways on a there are some things that are actually harder about the small venue when it's just you and uh and you have no no systems in place and nobody or less people to support you and the people who are supporting you are uh, just overworked. Um, so I think they all have their own challenges. I mean, the calling skill, your calling skills are probably the most tested on a larger, busier show. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, a small show can be pretty difficult too. <laughs> okay. Um, so just to, just to give the audience a little bit of background, um, our paths crossed in Chicago at, at Steppenwolf mm-hmm. and, um, you had, you were there for a year or six yeah. months? A year. A year. And what uh, what brought you to I mean, I, obviously, the, the program brought you there for for for, for the time being. But how, how did you um, uh, how did that process work? How did you learn about uh, the the stage management? Now, you were is it an internship or was it a or was it called something else at the time? I don't remember. I think it was called an internship at, at the time. And now they call it an apprenticeship. But OK. Um, same difference. It's a part of the equity membership candidacy program if you want it to be. Um, I was graduating university and I was just trolling the internet for who had stage management internships that were paid. Um, and, and the longer the better because I, I didn't want to be hopping around from town to town. Um, and, and I was very, very lucky to be chosen. Um, the program was like 13 months solid work. I was working on five different shows, um, many different stage managers, many different directors. Uh, the truth is that the like labor standards were pretty terrible, uh, but I would not trade it for the world. Like to- today, they have a lot of rules in place to protect the stage management interns from being overworked. Um, but the result is that they just have less opportunities. They have more people sharing the same jobs and, uh, I, I mean, the new model is a better model, but I mm-hmm. really enjoyed I enjoyed being overworked and having all of those opportunities mm-hmm. um, because then moving forward, nothing was going to be as hard as that was. Uh, I was also pretty lucky because I didn't study stage management, uh, and yet I still landed that incredible internship right out of school. Um, it was partly because uh, the stage managers there were willing to, were, were interested in people who weren't studying it. They were interested in people with a uh, liberal arts degree, uh, but also it was a sign of the times. Uh, personally, now I don't hire apprentices who haven't studied stage management because there are so many who have. Okay. Uh, somebody who hasn't studied it, they they don't they haven't expressed enough interest, in my opinion, and they also don't have as much information. I might as well hire somebody who's more qualified. Um, so I do feel kind of lucky that I they didn't have to go through theater school and I could train on the job the way that I did. So what was your what was your what was your original field of study then? Well, it was just the theater in general. Okay, it was so more like theoretical, uh, theater history, dramatic lit, that kind of thing. Did you find that that uh, served you uh, better in the fact that you were open to a bunch of things, or do you think if you had started as a stage management program that that would have uh, that would have been a, a, the the more proper route? I think I might be like a, a better, more well-rounded human being from doing a liberal arts degree. Uh, I think it was a better choice because I didn't know I wanted to be a stage manager when I started school and it, it kept all the options open. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, I think I would have been a better stage manager leaving, leaving university. Like I would have been a stronger candidate if I studied it. I would have known more walking in the rehearsal door, but I was still fine the way it was. Okay. The, uh, so you had the opportunity to, you know, go back to something interesting. You said you talked about, uh, how the rules have changed and, and how, uh, interns are now apprentices are, are treated and things like that. And I, I know that 
there is a certain aspect of 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 life where it says you have to rub shoulders with struggle periodically just to kind of test your metal just to kind of try and figure that out and while i agree that there are certain things that need to be changed and, and put in place and and we are hopefully progressive about um uh, about that uh what what would you say so you, the the main challenge was the fact of the amount of hours versus the amount of work yeah yeah and versus the amount of pay okay um, uh, yeah, like, uh, sh should, a should a, someone in a training position be treated as an employee? Should they be protected by labor law? Mm -hmm. um, if they're getting work done, uh, I, I think they probably should. Um, but, uh, they, they're still working hard. They're still working long hours. Mm -hmm. Um, but within the like safe environment, I don't know. I was working two jobs at once when I was there for a couple weeks every couple months because I would rehearse during the day and run shows at night um, right so it was it it was sort of not safe I guess but it was fine <laughs> I don't know I did it well I the, re the reason I ask is um uh it's just I, this this is the part of the the experience I I, I never got to see mm -hmm. um my my breaking in let's just say into the business was summer theater and then going to work at a at, uh, at a at a university theater for about a year finding that that was dreadful and then coming back and just kind of going through the grind of, of freelance work until I came to Steppenwolf and, you know, worked there for nine, 10 years. Um, uh, so it, it, do you find that now looking back on that experience and now that the fact that you're, you have been with actors equity for, for a while now, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, what what do you feel that you uh, have learned through Actors Equity? How did how did they help um, educate you? I don't think the union itself doesn't do anything to educate you. I would say. Do Do you think that would be if if they had a program that would be something that would be helpful for for upcoming stage managers and things like that, as opposed to just kind of stumbling across into it? Uh, the union, I mean, so the American Union and the Canadian Union are separate, but they're similar. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the union is stretched enough just trying to protect the membership. I don't think we have the resources to be uh, spending much time or money on the future membership. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't think it's our... Ob so uh, if you want to be a stage manager, you can train, you get a, a credits to work towards your membership and... Um, one of the controversial things is there aren't because you're not a member, you don't there aren't rules protecting you through that process. Mm -hmm. But um, theoretically, labor law protects you, uh, and most people don't follow that, but they they should or could. Uh, mm -hmm. No, but I don't think it's the union's obligation to. They're stretched thin enough as it is. I don't think that it should be obligated to um, be educating the future stage yeah. management. I don't know the uh, the. Now, I, I believe the three main stage managers at that time that you were you were there um, was uh, Laura Glenn, um, Rob Satterley, and uh, Malcolm Ewan. Correct? Yeah, I did a little bit with Alden Vasquez from The Goodman as well. Right, the great the great and powerful Alden Vasquez. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, they're they're all all wonderful people and they, they they're all still working today um we will i want to give a big shout out to um to malcolm because i know he's having some challenges lately um 
we uh, we miss him and we love him. And I also want to give a big shout out to to Rob. Uh, he's had a few challenges as well, so we're thinking about you guys. Um, uh, so having the opportunity to work with 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 variety of of, of those stage managers, um, what what did you, what do you feel that you got from from them? What what do you still carry with you today that may have been inspired or maybe kind of borrowed from them? <laughs> Oh gosh, I'm sure I carry lots of things with me that I am just not even aware of. Um, uh, it's funny. I think that my style, I hope, I'd like to think my style is most similar to Malcolm's, but uh, but there were some learning opportunities that Rob provided that um, were unlike anybody else's any, and unlike anything I'd seen anybody offer. He would let the um, stage management intern train to call the show and then let them call it one night. Uh, he would sit with you in the booth and and make sure nothing went wrong. But um, I was what twenty one years old and calling automated scenery and stuff. It was incredible, um, and that gave me uh, just a confidence. Uh, when you finish, when you do your apprenticeship or your internships, you are often like the ASM or the second ASM, and you. You, you probably called shows at school, but you spent a long time not calling shows. And then once you join the union, you might be calling small shows. And if it's it's been, what, three years since you called a show and you would be nervous, you'd be out of practice. Uh, and so this the opportunity he gave to allow you to call like large scale shows, uh, I definitely thank him for that because it prepared me in ways that um, that school never could, and that otherwise, otherwise, you're not calling those giant shows until you're much, much older. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, so you you but you you came from Eastern Canada, is that yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so how have you found the? What, I, this is going to sound like a really strange question, but is there a kind of different experience working in in Canada versus working in the states? There probably is. It's been so long, I've kind of forgotten. I do feel like the acting style is a bit different. Mm -hmm. I do feel like the American acting style is a bit more visceral and that um, the Canadian style is a bit sort of in between the Americans and the Brits. Mm -hmm. um, but like when I first moved up here and I would watch shows, I, I, I didn't enjoy the performances as much as I had in Chicago, but uh, I think my taste has adjusted and um, yeah, I just, I, it basically it's sort of been too long. I mean, I, I'm glad I had those experiences and learned those things and I'm sure subconsciously they have influenced the way that I work, but, but I can't remember any longer what <laughs> were. You, so you, you, you are comfortably ensconced in, in the Canadian way and, uh, and, and enjoy, enjoy being there. So yeah. Uh, you might you might come to the U.S. for a visit, but maybe not necessarily to to <laughs> to, to run a show. Yeah, well, I mean, the opportunities aren't there really to cross the border. Ah, uh, okay, all right. Well, I uh, I uh, but have you have you traveled abroad and and, uh, yeah. and gone to to other countries? What 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 was what has your experience been like traveling? Uh, I'm not sure if you mean working abroad, but I'll talk about that. Uh. I have worked a bit in the UK and some in Ireland mm -hmm. um, and find that to be quite different. Um, uh, 
mostly with the lack of mostly because some of it has been small scale, but also the lack of unionized stagehands makes it everything just a bit more casual. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I did the Edinburgh Fringe Festival twice, and um, a long t- time ago I toured a show to Scotland to a couple of to two different theaters, and then I also did um, uh, an Irish opera festival. They say festival, but it's just like an opera company that does three operas at once. So I did that three okay. years at an ASM, and um, yeah, that was just uh, just different mm, people's expectations, people's styles, stage mm-hmm. management. The ASMs often build the props or buy the props. I have no interest or skill in that. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, they have uh, they have a totally different system where the head of the department isn't the person calling the show. The deputy stage manager calls the show, and the stage manager is. I'm sort of between a stage manager and the head carpenter. Um, mm-hmm. They run the backstage. Uh, sometimes, even in really professional companies, the ASMs are still running the props. Uh, I, I spent a week observing at, at Glyndebourne, which is a really fancy English opera company in mm-hmm. the middle of nowhere. And uh, they have uh, rota- like a giant pool of ASMs, and each show has four when you're actually running, and they're they're just doing all the props moves. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, I, I didn't know you had, I didn't know you had done all, all that. That's, that's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Do you, uh, 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 so next thing you know, you're going to start setting up stage management tours where you're like, come and visit this theater and watch the stage managers do their <laughs> show. But, uh, okay. So if you, if you could pass along, um, uh, something about if say someone who hasn't done that, who, who is about to go and do it for the first time, uh, call a show abroad, what, what would you say are kind of some of the, the things that they should be prepared for? Cause you said, you know, in one place, your ASMs or deputy stage managers are doing different jobs and, yeah. and we, we tend to get into, you know, well, this is my job and this is what I do, you know, as opposed to getting roped into something else. Yeah, I mean, actually, most of my experience abroad has been as an ASM. Um, the only time I've called the show was uh, for the show at the Fringe. Um, uh, if you were touring a show in from Canada or the States, they would just let you do it your show as you do it. The stage manager would still call the show. They often call from side stage, so... The, you know like broadway or, or whatever mm-hmm. uh, uh i think when we toured sometimes the like resident stage manager for the facility was still backstage just to make sure everything went smoothly so they maybe were treating our stage manager like the dsm um but yeah i i would say it would be important to discuss the details of the positions before you went over to mm-hmm to figure out who's building a props or uh yeah, anyway if you were doing if you're building a show in the uk or ireland um you would need to sort out uh yeah the the job descriptions are quite different than they are in the states so uh-huh. did to- uh, so uh how has uh how has stage managing influenced other parts of 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 your of your life you know, because I know as a lighting person, I'm always going into a room and be like, no, this this is wrong. I need to change this or or I have to organize something or maybe that's just my OCD because I <laughs> it drives because I have I, I've, I've been a, an assistant professor now for about six years cool. and and my life is all about chairs. It's all about, no, the chairs have to be this way. The room has to be <laughs> clean. It just it, 
I've, I've, I've turned into, I've turned into my, my father, mm-hmm. but how, how, how would you say that uh, stage management has changed you? Uh, or has it, or do you, are you just, are you still who you, who you believe you are? <laughs> I don't know if it really has. I guess the only thing would be that as a stage manager, you're always working to, um, to stay calm under pressure, as you said earlier. And Mm -hmm. as your career advances, the scale of the productions advance, but you grow with that. So uh, once you get a ways along, you are actually able to handle a fair amount of pressure um, or things that other people would think would be stressful are no longer stressful to you. Um, And I guess maybe that's what's changed. Like if I had taken a different career, maybe some things I would otherwise find stressful anyway that I don't find stressful now would be more stressful Mm -hmm. Um, yeah I definitely like if I'm at an event and things are not well managed it irritates me if you're at a wedding and you're waiting for too long for the bride to get there so you know you're like oh but um but that might have been the case anyway I don't know uh do you uh I I know that uh there have been times where Steppenwolf was one of the places where um we you know, uh, every so often, um, like Malcolm would step in as production manager or or some yeah. other moving up position. Um, yeah. Do you see that kind of, of upward trajectory in your career or do you feel happy as, as a stage manager, just being that? Well, I mean, in some settings, a production manager isn't even an upward step. But um, uh, a lot of stage managers, I see them leaving uh, to do jobs that only work during the day mm-hmm. uh, so that they can have a personal life. Um, they either step a bit up to be a production manager or they step a bit to the side to be an administrator. Um, and that day might come more likely administrator than production manager. Uh, but I don't see it anywhere near. Um, I, my move towards doing more opera has been my solution to that problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, Opera, we don't do shows every night, and uh, and that just frees up uh, a bit of time for for my life. Isn't that it? Isn't it like every third day it's a performance because of the singing, or how does that work? Um. Well, uh, when I did a Wagner, I did a Gucci Dammer, which is five and a half hours long, uh, and that one we definitely didn't ever do it more frequently than every third day. Um, but for a normal opera, you can do it every second day. Um, there, so in Canada, the opera is also under equity, which it isn't in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so there are equity rules, but they're also just like, uh, common practices in, uh, for international opera. Um, and so, uh, there aren't really rules saying you can't do it, but it's just accepted that you would never do them two in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, uh, I work at the Canadian Opera Company where the operas are in rep, but they aren't necessarily in rep every single day. We There's sometimes quite spread out in performances, and and I like uh, not having to work every night. <laughs> I, I, found, I found one of the hardest adjustments was when I, I went from working from, you know, two in the afternoon to midnight and then, you know, going out and whatnot to, to having a, a structured life where it was like, your day starts about eight o'clock in the morning and goes to about five. And it, it, it was like, wait, wait, wait. I, I was for, for about a good year or so, I was still in show mode. Um, that, that was so strange, but now I I can't imagine not 
you know, having sort of my nights to myself. Yeah. You know, it's, um, well, as a technician, you would have always been in either show mode or in tech mode. With stage managers, we have the um, good or bad uh, element where we switch back and forth. So in rehearsals, we work days, and then we do have our nights free. And then tech and shows, we work night or evenings. Um, the good part about that is you have some evenings. Uh, mm -hmm. The bad part of it is the switching part. I actually find the switching part kind of difficult. The uh, I, I I don't know I I have I have a sample size of maybe like two or three people on this, but I found that after a certain after a certain point, I stopped being able to kind of enjoy what I was watching. Like it's very challenging for me to go to and sit in a theater because I I, I for the longest Even time. I, oh yeah, I I well. I've gotten a lot better. I've gotten a lot better. I living in a, a, a different country and their presentation style. Yeah. It it it, it because it it's it's not it's not a two act play. It's not yeah. you know it's it's a different thing. Um, but for a while there, I just it's like I I don't want to go to the theater. I you know I I spent so much of my time there, yeah. and you know I was like oh you should see this great play. Oh you should go hear this great musical. And I'm kind of like. Eh. You know, I, I I had a horrible horrible case of burnout for 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 a good solid year. Yeah. Um, have you have you found that your enjoyment level of of opera or performance varies from time to time? Uh, well, like for a long time, I was the person who still went to see shows in the free time, and other people didn't because they felt like it was going to work on their day off. Um, and that sort of slowed it's slowed down it's not that i don't enjoy it it's just that there are other things to do really mm -hmm. i just i mostly just forget to, to go but <laughs> I, it used to be very important to me to to see everything and to know what's going on and part of that was about network as well right. um, now i feel less um rushed in that sense and yeah i i, I as a as a teacher um i have found that my goal is to I'm I'm not there to inspire. I'm not there to pass along some great wisdom of any kind. It's just I I I, I want to share enthusiasm. Okay. This this can be a lot of fun. Here are the things you you know you're already enjoying theater or you've been influenced by it by this song or this thing. I I've had students totally surprise me because you know I'm doing a presentation one day and they're listening to some music and a and a kid who I who I never would have expected to know it was like, Oh yeah, that's rent. And he starts singing the lyrics back to me. Mm -hmm. I was just like, wow, that's really cool. Because my starting point for understanding theater starts with, you know, the B uh, not the BBC, but uh, P PBS okay. of, of, you know, whatever Shakespeare shows they did, or, you know, they showed, um, was it the Angela Lansbury Sweeney Todd? You know, right. Yeah. I I've, I have watched that so many times <laughs> at this point. Um, I knew the lyrics to all of Les Mis mm -hmm. by by the time I got into to to university. Mm -hmm. You know, because the plays that were or the musicals that were popular were Phantom, um, Les Mis, Miss Saigon, yeah. things like that. We weren't really Cats or Chorus Line uh, mm -hmm. kids. But um, what 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 would you, where would you say your starting point is? What, what what musical or thing will you go? You recognize? Yep, I really knew all about theater at around here. Oh, I knew all the words to Les Mis. I was just a bit younger than you were. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I don't feel like I knew all about theater, but I uh, I was interested in it for sure. Mm-hmm. Did you did you you now did your or now did your high school have a program and that's how you started, or did you start earlier like? Oh when- gosh, I start. I was like putting on plays in the backyard with the neighborhood kids. Like yeah, I I started at the very beginning. You you always knew that you were a performer or or had that kind of. Yeah thing. yeah. The uh, uh, your mother your mother doesn't have any embarrassing pictures of you in, in some sort of costumes that she pulls out every so often, does she? She doesn't pull them out. We'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, my no, my mother did. She turned them into Christmas ornaments. So she <gasps> cut out the picture, and no. oh, it's it's the worst. It's <laughs> the worst. So I, I every year she pulls out. Now my mother is is seventy two, going to be seventy three, yeah. and uh, she reached a point now. Where she takes old old trees and and makes them you know only you know so big, and she ties the 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 ornaments on and the lights on and then she puts them back in the closet, and every year all she has to do is pull it out and plug it in. Yeah. And she has a tree that I I feel like has every picture of embarrassing picture of me from when I was like six to to you know when I was a, a teenager. It is just the worst. <laughs> But she uh, she wistfully remembers my, my the very first show I was ever in, which was a which was Peter Pan, and oh. I was, oh oh yeah oh yeah it was it was at the, it was at my uh, my middle school yeah and it was one of those kinds of shows where everybody got to be in the play, and so you yeah. either were a pirate or you were a lost boy or you were this or that so yep she she every software will pull out the uh, the Polaroid. The old Polaroid, you know, that people now wave and try and get it to, to show up. But she pulls out those Polaroids and I just, I go, oh, okay. All right. All right. And were you oh. a pirate? I was both a pirate and, and I got to be the court jester. Oh, nice. Well, you know, I guess I filled the role. <laughs> but. Um, I don't remember the court jester in Peter Pan. It, again, this was a middle school. They just got. <laughs> Because, because they used me as the mechanism to to hold up a placard that said, Act One or Scene oh. One. And so they they worked the framing it. Framing device. I know, I know. I was I was I was the framing device. Perfect. Who knew? <laughs> no, who knew? But so life in life in Canada is good. Yeah. Good, good, good. And what are the uh, what? I know it, we're we're in the beginning of February. We're almost going into March. Um, so do you have a long-term plan or do you know what the next few shows are that you're going to be coming yeah. up with? Yeah, it's a lot of operas next. Um, next week I start prep for La Boheme at the Canadian Opera Company, which is a production they've done before. Um, but I've never done it. Uh, and I'm stage managing. Uh, mm-hmm. then in the summer I am doing, um, there's an opera program at the Banff Center, uh, here in Alberta. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is for young opera singers uh, and young um, stage managers and such to train in opera. Um, and we will be doing a new uh, piece that is site-specific, walkabout, choose-your-own-adventure, murder mystery, Mozart mashup or something like that. <laughs> uh, that there, That's a new one. So that's going to be fun. I have no idea what to expect. Um, and then in the fall, I'm stage managing uh, a Turandot that's coming to the Canadian Opera Company that 
uh, they've never done, but it's a co-production. And that's mm-hmm. been directed by Robert Wilson. So I'm quite excited about that. That does sound exciting. Yeah. So that that that's your year in a in, in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'll be ASMing uh, a new production of Hansel and Gretel next winter, and then uh, the rest I haven't put together quite yet. You're way ahead of me. Oh You're yeah. Way ahead of me. I'm <laughs> just I'm just trying to figure out what I'm doing later for dinner. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, but um, it would be great. I don't know if uh, if it's going to be of, of interest to you. Uh, in 2021, I believe it is, World Stage Design is coming to Ontario. Oh. And uh, I was at the, the World Stage Design in Taipei, Taiwan, mm-hmm. and I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Now, oh. now I'm going to save you the 17-hour the, the flight because it'll be in your own, it'll be in your backyard. But I, uh, I encourage you to, uh, to, to check it out. Um, so the, so do you see yourself pursuing, um, uh, any more academically or, or, or again, you, you said you haven't gotten a lot of opportunity to, to, to teach. Is that something that you want to kind of maybe gravitate towards over, over time? Yeah, I find the prospect of teaching interesting. Um, the difficult thing is that, for the most part, if you're teaching, you're not working. So, uh, the, just the the schedule for rehearsals and tech and shows and stuff don't don't often allow you time to also be teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, because of that, I see it as a like distant future idea, if if at all, because I I still really like what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else? Is there anything else? Oh, I do. I have this one last thing. This has been bugging me. This has been in my, actually, I've got two things now. See, now, now you got me thinking. Okay. The first one is you got to tell me, I, I still don't quite understand what in the world is, is the draw to ketchup chips. Can you please explain this to me? Oh, it's, um, sweet and salty together. It's sweet and salty together. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean. It's like the whole country loves them, so uh, it's your country that's confused. <laughs> my country, my country. I, lady, I am living on an island now. Oh, where, yeah. and, and and here, now here's the interesting thing about ketchup, because because like U.S. ketchup has a vinegary base. Yeah, of course. But here in in in, in Trinidad, it's yeah. sweet. Well, the the U.S. is sweet as well, but but you just mean sweeter. Well, it, no it's, vinegar. there's no vinegar. It's kind oh. of like a pump. It's like a pumpkin-y base. Oh, weird. I know. And they put it on. It, it's a, it's, it's okay. Yeah. But, you know, I'm from Chicago. We put mustard on things. We don't put ketchup on things. Oh, okay. You know, you put mustard on your hot dog. You don't put ketchup on your hot dog. Sure. That's vinegary based as well. Well, I like, I, I'm a big fan of mustard. I'm okay. a big fan of mustard. Okay. So, so what you're saying is I have very uneducated taste buds. No. I'm saying that for some reason, I think we're just raised on ketchup chips and in Canada, then we like them. Not everybody, but most people. They're very okay. popular. But if right. you, any American friend I've had taste them, most of them hate them. So I don't, I don't know what it is. I, 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 I'm still saying they're uneducated. They just, they're just, they're just <laughs> for some reason, it's not getting in there. But... <laughs> My second question, my second question is, you, you, you had a picture up 
of you in an elephant costume. <laughs> and I have I have wondered what the story is on that. And I was well, wondering... pretty simple. Um, uh, when I was working in Ireland, I was always there in the fall. And so we were there for Halloween. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they would traditionally have a Halloween party that we would throw in the pub um, mm -hmm. where people were supposed to wear a costume. And um, so at the local Pennies, which is like the Irish version of Primark, which is the UK version of Forever 21, but cheaper. Okay. Uh, so it's not literally the same as Forever 21, but Pennies and Primark are literally the same. Uh, they had all of these animal onesies, which I thought was the easiest costume because uh, you just had to put it on. And so I did it every year. One year I was a bunny and one year I was an elephant and one year I was a cheetah. So <laughs> it, it just had a running theme. I couldn't change. Uh, yeah, couldn't change the plan. And I bet they were warm in the fact were, that it was probably yeah. it was probably cold where where you were. Well, but it was like it was a bit warm for like a dance party. But uh, uh, okay. some of them had feet in them too, like built-in feet. Uh, and I was living above the pub, so it was kind of nice because I didn't have to go outside. I could just wear my onesie like slippers. <laughs> That's so cool. That's yeah. so funny. See, now I know. Now the mystery has been solved. <laughs> now I feel ah. Oh, I, I'm so much better now for this. <laughs> so much better for this. Um, before, before we, before I let you go, before mm -hmm. I wrap this up, uh, I, I'm curious to know um, two more things. Yeah. One is, uh, if you could pass along to the, the, you know, the audience here. There's people from all around the world that that have the opportunity to listen to this. What do, you, what would you tell them about um, um, your experience and and if they're if they're not sure or about being a stage manager, what would you what would you say to them to encourage them to maybe uh, uh, keep keep at it? Uh, well, I mean, I would say that uh, stage managers are very interested in in teaching and telling people about their jobs. So I think that you actually just sort of have to ask if you want a learning opportunity, um, not a paid one, but like a but an opportunity to learn or to learn more before you decide if that's what you want to do. So. Um, you could probably approach any stage manager on any show like by sending a letter backstage or something and say, can I sit and watch you call the show? And I think they would all say yes. Like we often have guests and we, and we like talking about the work that we do. So um, if you're not sure, if you're hesitant to like pay for a full college education in the subject, you might want to spend some time just observing professionals at work and see if it's the kind of thing you'd be into. Uh, you know, it's a skill set that you could use in a different industry and make a lot more money, but uh, but I still uh, wouldn't change it for the world. It's a it's an opportunity to use like a a certain organizational skill set to be part of the creative process. And um, every day is different. You meet the coolest people. Uh, it, it doesn't get boring. I'll say that. And if you uh, if you could give some some shine some uh some love some some acknowledgement to to someone you think um it hasn't hasn't had a lot said about them or may have may be going unrecognized um who is someone that you think is is important and and people should know about oh uh 
I mean, well, I mean, Malcolm is always my mentor, but we've already talked about him. Uh, he's somebody I could always go to uh, with questions about things and uh, to chat things through. Um, uh, yeah, these are not people that are unacknowledged, but um, there's a stage manager at the Stratford Festival named Cindy Tauschen, who is the musical stage manager at Stratford. And uh, I kind of am only working in opera because of her. She... Uh, uh, she took me on on a project that didn't um she took me on at a time when I d didn't have a job and gave me an opera opportunity to see what it was like and I've never left since so I definitely credit her with my opera path and and that's great and that's great because uh you never know you never know that that one opportunity and uh I know that uh teachers like to or people like to hear that you know someone uh found success because of them. I think that's, it's important to, to show the gratitude. Um, yeah. I know, I know I, 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 I try and do that as best I can. I'm, I'm not, I fail a lot, but I, I, I like to believe that I try my best. And, um, you know, I, this, it's been a really strange journey. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that. Um, but, but like I said, I know that, uh, time is precious. And, uh, you know, you have to get yourself all kind of squared away for calling of your show tonight, correct? Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So, um, again, I want to say thank you. I'm glad we were able to kind of carve out some time for this. Um, I, I continue to wish you the best of success. Um, mm -hmm. And at any time, if you feel like you want to have another conversation, kind of catch up and want to share, uh, you know, something, something changes or whatever, doesn't matter. Let me know, and um, the the this uh, this opportunity is here for you again. So, Great. Um, uh, so take care, yeah. and uh, that's uh, we'll call it a, we'll call it a show at that. <laughs> Perfect. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us on this latest episode of the podcast. Remember, this podcast is listener-supported, so wherever you get it, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. This podcast can be found on such platforms as iTunes Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Stitcher. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, we can be reached at archivett24 at yahoo.com. Again, that's A-R-C-H-I-V-E-T-T-24 at yahoo.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Archiving Technical Theater History. We appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.